Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The Unholy Trinity Podcast. Three blues. Three opinions. One Everton Podcast. Welcome to episode two of the Trinity B-Side, where in this episode we're going to be talking all things football scouting. We love to discuss the big issues in football, this is something which has become a bit more prevalent in terms of fans media over the last probably six or twelve months especially, and it's going to be a bit of an education for ourselves, and we're, we're delighted to say that we're joined by Andy McGregor, El Pivote, who is a, a freelance scout who's hopefully going to teach us all and inform us all about how it works because it's something that we, we, we hear about and know very little about. So Andy, I'm just going to say take it away, but you've you've obviously been um, quite prevalent on Twitter the mm. last probably six six months, six, 12 months or so. Um, from my side, I know the lads will probably agree as well, you've seen quite a few scouting reports on players. Mm. How did it all come about for yourself? How did you get into the game? Basically, I was very frustrated about two years ago in terms of I didn't really have an outlet for like all my thoughts on football, so I started the blog and I was trying to come up with a name and I'm a huge fan of Sergio Busquets and uh, Pep Guardiola, so that's where El Pivotti, the pivot, which is Spanish for the pivots. And I just started writing, mostly the first, if everyone goes back, the first couple of articles are really just about Everton. The first one was about what needs to change in Everton after Sam Allardyce leaves. The second one was a choice of managers, I had a list of choice of managers. And then I just so and then what I, then I did to myself I love watching football so I bought myself a white scout package which has changed unfortunately now but at the time you could get for for fifty quid a month you get you know five hours of football and you watch any player all over the world clips of them and you get all the data for them and I loved all that I've always been into data I studied the NFL and baseball and things when I was a kid because I had a lot of data and so it's, that's how I got into it and then people started noticing I was picking out the right names and then. And then essentially, when I left my job in February, I sort of went full time to doing football. So I was doing a lot more scouting heavy articles. I did one about players who were going to step up from the lower levels to the higher levels, and a lot of them got moves. And basically, an agent um, called Paul he got in touch with me and said, Would you like to come work for me? And it was on a freelance basis. And throughout the summer, we were I picked out players for him to give to Premier League clubs who needed players. And that's how it all really started, really. Amazing. It's amazing how that's come about, isn't it? You know, from essentially something that you're really interested in, develop that into a kind of like, you know, essentially a profession, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's yeah, I get paid for it now. It, it, it's, it's, it's humbling really in the sense that I never expected this. Time. I was a fan, you know, I never played professional football. You know, I stopped playing when I did, I've got bad knees. I stopped playing football really when I was 18, 19. And, I, I, you know when you always dream as a kid to play in football to be involved in football I never thought I would be and then it's also snowballed really and then when I, the agent first messaged me on Twitter and said or like a conversation on the phone I was like oh this is nonsense someone's winding me up here yeah. but Paul's been absolutely superb with me he's taught me literally everything he knows about being an agent and stuff like that never pressures me into trying to get players he's, he's really been good I can't really thank him enough but it's just it, it's really, it's, there's an element of luck and obviously I worked harder but there is an element of luck to it I know there's a lot of people who come to me now and ask for advice on it and 
you say the same thing, get yourself out there, find players, and there's um, Scouts XD, Greg, who's come, been, I've been helping for months, he's great, he's, he's getting on really well, it's like called T-Logic 1991, he starts as well, he starts doing blogs and players, so I can encourage anyone, it's out there, you know, I work for a company now called Market Insights, and that's me, um, Tim Keach, whose name is Stock Buncher, I think people, he's never found on, on Twitter, mm. he's, he's, he's one of the heads of the company, Ram, who's a data analyst, Kev, who's Swans Analytics, he's a data analyst, um, Jay Sochich, who's Blades Analytics, who also works for Peter Brunos, and lastly, uh, Matt Lawrence, who's Panas and Nutmegs, and we, they've set up a company, they hired me and Jay's um, consultants, we have a contract with Swansea in the Championship, and we have a contract with uh, Tampa Bay Rowdies in the USL. Right, okay. So with Neil Collins, who's the coach of the Tampa Bay Rowdies, we provide him players who are mostly on freeze, and we speak to Premier League clubs to try and get players on loan, so that's that's ongoing at the moment. And with Swansea, we tr- we get try and sign players for we we create shortlists, European players, players from the lower leagues to try and get them to sign players. And it's been great. Andy Scott's been super for us, really. He's been really big help. We had a good chat with him the other night. And Swansea are great. They took a chance on us. And uh, it's 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 mad. To see. This is probably actually the first interview anyone's ever, ever done from the group about this. So uh, right. it's a good That's platform for us, yeah. What, what counts as success then for you when you identify, say, target players for a club and they look into those players? What sort of happens next? Uh, so uh, in terms of this, there's two different sides. So agents, working for agencies is very different than working for clubs because with the clubs, you're looking for the negative first because obviously that rules them out. With agencies, you're trying to... Say us for example with Everton, we offered um, Everton Digital Sal plays for um, he plays for Eintracht Frankfurt now. He's at Young Boys last season. He's gone on to do really well at Frankfurt, but Everton were interested at the time. He thought he needed to go and play in a higher league first. Everton are quite centric on signing top five league players, which is obviously Germany, Italy, England, Spain, and France. Mm-hmm. Whereas obviously Switzerland's not in that, so he's now gone to a top five league. But basically, I wrote a scout report. He went to Greta Stansing. Greta sent a good report. We're not interested in the player at the time, but thank you very much. And that, that's sort of what we do. And in terms of when it comes to looking for clubs with agents, you, they come to you and say to the agent, say, I'm looking for a left back. The agent will then, then look for a left back. The agent comes to me and says, Can you find a left back that fits their system? I look at the data, who they've got currently, what they've signed, what they've looked for in players. And then you suggest a couple of names. Now, the names for agents have to be particular because they can't be players who've got big agents like Stella. Key sports manager, they're huge companies here. They, you won't get mandates for the players because they've got connections here. But say it was a Polish player in the second division in Poland, their agent may not have connections over here to get the, get that player in with these clubs. So they give mandates, which means that that agent represents that player in this country for a set period of time. Oh, okay, that's interesting, isn't it? But the, but the, oh, sorry, sorry, what I was going to say there, well, this might be a little bit short sighted. Does it ever happen where you, as a a scout or as, as part of the company that you work for, do you ever just bring clubs up and say, listen, we've got information on this player, we think he'd fit into your, your system or your side? That, that, I haven't done that personally. I know people who have who work in scouting now, they, when they started, they did send play. That's how you get noticed. And, you know, Sander Wilkinson on here, who plays a scout for a Dutch side, he's, he's been a he's great help to me, actually. He's really brought my reports on, he really helped me report. And he... Did that when he started. He he, he sent his clubs to try and get notice, and he's now working for a Dutch club, so it worked for him. But in terms of the, my whole contact with clubs is through agents and also now Swansea, really. I, I've never really gone direct to a club myself. I probably should have, really. And that's probably a confidence thing at the time. I thought, like, this is before all this happened, so I thought, why would they ever listen to me? But I don't know. It's been, there's an element to look to because you're not going to pick up a good player and everything. And certainly, I don't pick every player. I don't pick players generally for the Premier League. Sometimes I think. 
you'd be good in the top five league, not maybe not the Premier League. The Premier League's very different than say France or Italy. Certain players would work there that wouldn't work here. Yeah, so in, in terms of that, you know, because obviously you mentioned agents there, they generally get a bad rep in fussy now, don't they? A lot of them do. I imagine a lot of them are probably decent, decent guys, right? Yeah, everyone I've spoke to, you know, so there is there is some agents who'll try and push things on you. Yeah. The, the agents that I've worked with, Adam and Paul, fantastic, never done anything like that. The, the the honesty is 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 your sort of currency and agency. If you if you're honest with clubs and you don't do any bad dealings with them, they'll obviously give you repeat business, and I think that's important. Obviously, Nino Riola gets a lot of bad thing, but he doesn't really do bad for his clients. If you think about it, now he just take too much money of football. I've got no doubt about that. Mm. And FIFA are looking into the percentages that agents get. Yeah, jumping on that. But sure. unfortunately, that's going to squeeze agents slower down. Have you got an agent who's got three players in League Two? That's going to squeeze you much more than them who's in millions, mm. and you may not be able to make a living out of that. And that that's the the balance needs to come. And I think agents overall, and, and you know, the group of good guys, and a lot of them do want the best for the clients. Unfortunately, there is some who'd rather send you to Lafayette than have you playing in League Two because they're going to get more money off the clubs, and that, that's an issue. That it, it is an, it is an area to be exploited, especially unfortunately with the young African lads who do get trafficked into Europe to play football. I was going to say, yeah, for, from those sort of countries. Yeah, there's a country called there's a club, a club called FC Lorry in Armenia. who have got like seven or eight Nigerians, and you just think, why are they there? But it's because they've got a relationship with an academy or an agent, and they go to that country to get an entry into Europe to get noticed, and then obviously the money gets split between the agents and the club. Okay, yeah, yeah. It's funny like China, for example, has suddenly become huge, isn't it? Mm. So like the fees that they're going for over there, so are agents all over that as well? They were originally, but what's happened now is because the China China clamped down. You seen like people like Tyus Browning because he's got a Chinese passport or Chinese relations. They, they them type of players are getting in. They save it now for the Brazilians. You won't see any Ramirez or um, Oscar transfer type transfers anymore. They tend to pick either African players or Brazilian players for, for less money now. It's there was a through fertile period for agents where they were getting a lot of money from mm. China, but obviously because the Chinese government changed the rules because they wanted it. Obviously because it for the benefits of their national team, they didn't want to sign just a whole foreign league, really. Are, are clubs looking at, um, I know we've talked about it off air then briefly, about like the whole like, the money ball method from the States, obviously with baseball. Are clubs, obviously you're great on stats, you know a lot of stuff about players, I think you've got rightly a lot of great notoriety on Twitter on the back of the stuff that you know on players. Are clubs... Taking that more and more into account now, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. A, lot, a lot of decisions are data driven now. Now, some clubs more than others, and some clubs went way very data driven and now are not. So, like Brentford, for example, they're owned by a company called Smarter Odds. Okay. Matthew Benham invested heavily in, in, in trying to find, basically, taking data and trying to find this data to get, make Brentford better. Now, they've got all 50, 60 scouts now actually looking at players, so they've come to a different method now. But a lot of clubs do Everton have got some great data analysts. Liverpool have got the best data analysts in maybe world football. Maybe They're the ones who tapped into Man City's uh, scouting <laughs> system. Yeah. That was actually the scouts, not the data analysts. But yes, that is true. They did mm. do that. That was Scout 7, which... This, this could be used as a evidence for the, for the <laughs> FA. You want to pick this up? I use Google Scout thing. 7 every day. And it, it, is a fate, it is a system. And it, it's just one password. You're in and basically you've got a scout report of everyone who's ever looked at it. It is a bit soft in that sense. But right. But in terms, of, every club does things with data. So you know, he has. To, so for example, Fulham. I know people deride that Tony Khan, who's the owner's son. There's an algorithm. You go to Fulham with a player, they have to get through that algorithm, otherwise they won't consider them. No way. Now the they problem. Got an algorithm for players. Yeah. So now the problem is wow. that is they pick bad players on that, and mm. they turn down others who are not. And this is why you kind of itch. 
sort of wrestled control in that second half of that championship season when they got targets and a couple of other players. But then in the summer, they probably went too far again with the algorithm. That's why they ended up with all those players. What are your thoughts on Steve Walsh then? Because when he came to Everton, he obviously had this reputation for you know picking out the likes of Jesse Gay, um, Kante, Mahrez. They all come. They, my doing Steve Walsh, maybe I didn't know this time because I thought it was a really positive move by Everton at the time because I, I don't think it was well, well enough informed. Is mm. I he must have had a cracking scout in France who's given us the information because yeah. that can be a real thing if you've got a really great scouting network, you know, looking at players and these players are getting them on the ground up and you know these players from 14, 15, and by the time they reach that twenties, you go I've watched them for six years. That's what clubs do. They collect data on players. You know, they go maybe not now, but maybe in a couple of years, and that they have the reports on them already. But in terms, of, I think he had a really great because Kante was playing for Khan. I remember people were interested in that season. Let's the ones to get him. Mares was a really great sign because I think he was three hundred thousand. He was in League Two, which is fairly fertile ground now for finding players around Europe. But I think Steve also had a really great connection in France. And maybe when he was given that money and that extra responsibility, like he went to Italy, didn't he? He had a briefcase, and no one knows what was in the briefcase. <laughs> a couple of a couple of pieces of you know, yeah, bread a couple, couple, a couple of sleeves of yeah. Uh, being eaten, yeah, well, yeah, exactly. Whatever he had, and he, and he just couldn't get. And, and he was he's a, he's a either a chief scout or a scout who basically had the, he went to, you know too high in his position. Sporting director is completely different. You're managing a group of scouts. Marcel Brands has Greta Steinson, who's the heavy European scout, and everything goes through Greta. So when when Everton are offered a player, the player goes straight to Greta. Greta then screens it, says no, that's not for us. Marcel probably you know has already said that that player's not for us, and that's how it works. So Brands is not inundated with agents. I guess he takes the calls from Raiola and Mendes, of course. But that's how it works in football. How, how many scouts have Everton, Everton got at the moment? Oh, they've got quite a few that you wouldn't know about. Cause they have like, so you have your European scouts. They've just hired a lad from Borat who's gone to Spain. They've got scouts in France. So what happens, Everton had like quite a wide scouting network mm-hmm. and they've changed it now. So they had a lot in Scandinavia. They haven't got that now. They've moved to Central Europe. So Switzerland, Austria, Carlo, Jack obviously does a lot of that. France, Spain, Italy, all them covered... And they've obviously got ones in South America as well because Marcel Brand obviously understands that. You'd be surprised that there's only about five or six clubs in the Premier League that have scouts permanently in South America. A lot of them rely on one or two scouts over there to give them the information at the time. It's not really because of the work payment system, which is very difficult. They don't, teams don't tend to spend money on South American scouts, which probably at this moment against Brazil and Argentina so fertile is probably a bad move. Really. I was going to say that's bonkers because there's some real talent that come through that. It's, it's, it's risk aversion, you see. That's the problem because you'll find a lot like Burnley would never sign a player from Europe nearly. They, 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 look, basically every point of the path Stephen DeFore I think is the only player they signed from the from outside England and there's certain teams like that that won't go outside and there's certain teams that only use certain agents who only got a certain clientele it's 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 quite football is quite a closed shop in a lot of sense right. you know certain teams that Juventus not solely use Raiola a lot of the businesses through Raiola because he's got that big clientele and he's got that reach and and, and that's it's something that people need to break down, but overall, football needs to be wider thinking. I think it's still, too, especially in the Premier League, it's still too secular. You get players who are in, we'll use an example, Switzerland, and they'll go, like with the Gibraltar, or we'll wait till he goes to Germany. But when you wait till he goes to Germany, he now goes to 35 million, to the 8 million that he got them then. Buying from sources, something Premier League clubs won't do because they have to wait for the validation of playing those top five leagues, which is understandable because. They're trying to weigh up the risk because if you're playing in a not great league, there's a risk that you won't adapt. Yeah. But the talent, there needs to be, and a lot of data analysts are working on this, is trying to find the bridging gap of how you analyse data to say these will adapt well. And that, that, that's something that people are looking at. 
That's a million dollar, isn't it? I mean, it's very difficult. Liverpool have done it masterfully. I'm going to be honest. That's that's the real scary thing about Liverpool is that they've got the best data, maybe apart from Barcelona and world football. And Barcelona don't even use this to be honest with you. But how is that then? How, how have they actually done that? Because they hired them? people who were, were ahead of the game. Now they so when the data revolution in football starts about 2013, 14. There's people before that. But they were all already ahead of the game. By the time clock coming, Michael Edwards has already set up the entire department. Ian Graham did a great piece of it. wants to read it in the, time, in the New York Times. But he talked about it, Dabby Keita. What they look at is... So I look at... I look at when I, before I got into work with Swans, I look at the basic data. So you look at your chances created, how many passes run into the box percentages, um, second assists, um, how many shots they have on target. What these teams look at is, is location data. So they can see how many times... A game, Naby Keita, for example, passes it into a certain zone, and how often that then leads to a goal scoring chance. They can find this information not using the data. It's called XY data. So, this is how far football's gone. Wow. So, they can now look at that and they can see if these players. So, obviously, certain certain players are skewed by systems because if you're playing a low block system, you're not exactly going to be having a play number 10 creating loads of chances. But that's what they're looking at is this XY data now of how the plot on how players play in each game. And, Certain, you know, in terms of Everton, you look at Guilfi sixteen doesn't play in that zone fourteen a lot. That's that's an issue. It's interesting that so you know when we signed obviously Delph and mm. a few others in the summer, some of the stories came out. Or Brand himself came out, didn't he, and said how we managed to lure some of these guys in. Um, and from what what you could well, from what you could tell from, he actually said they produce these videos, don't they? Yeah. Almost like a video of you is of what we think of you and what you can do for us and like I mean that's crazy isn't it what you're actually oh, presenting to yeah. players now the, 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 there's so much like this is why I find it mad and I will obviously don't want to go too deep on everything on this but it, the data that teams are given the opposition and the level of opposition analysis that's done before games by data teams is exceptional I see it the opposition reports Force ones, it's fantastic. Right. You know, you see this level of analysis. You see, you know, where, the pinpointing where the ball goes, which side they're going to attack on, which where the weak points are, and well, managers obviously have to adapt to that. And I think Jurgen yeah, Klopp certainly has, and other managers have in Europe. But you know, they, they, this is something that managers need to tap into. Football, there's still, it's still, even though data has become so prevalent, but it's still an old school scouting thing that don't believe in. There's still people think you have to go watch people at matches, which you do. If you're going to buy a centre back. You can watch clips of them, you can watch to get the data, but you need to see how they interact. You need to see where they position themselves, you need to see where they talk to the teammates, you need to see how they It's very interesting, but yeah, that's, there's all sorts of different ways to scout, really. It's, it's basically, it's, it's a science, isn't it? Yeah. You know, which, which is what it is, and that, that's what I think a lot of people maybe don't understand. Yet we do see at times, with obviously the, the medium of social media, we do see obviously from people like yourself scouting reports, and sometimes, like obviously Calvin's been on a couple of times, hasn't he, and he's produced a. Uh, Analytic reports and things like that, yeah. Mm. So we we do now we are more open to that, but in terms of the level of depth now that that um, like your scouts and agents and, and clubs want to go into, it's it's phenomenal, really, isn't it? Because let's if you think about it, it's such a fine margin now between winning and losing the game, isn't it? And they're tapping into these fine margins, these these little these little things to try and get the right player to get those three points as opposed well, to one point and so on. You've all wrong because the people that sit behind me at the match just <laughs> shout <laughs> forward. <laughs> that was <laughs> that, that, that is the problem for uh, people. There's quite there's quite a close shop. Now I don't I don't really try and push the the, the ex, you know the exults of XG and XA on people because I'll be fighting a losing battle. But there is people that I work with. Yeah, XG is big. It's so much today, but uh, people. We go. It's just it's fantasy numbers. It's a bit, but people use it. It's used all the time. You know, it's a basic way. XG is one one form of data that measures 
the quality of the shots and where it's taken from now defenders placements and stuff like that but they, they, the people need to be open more open minded I'm not saying it's the be all and end all because you still do have to watch players I couldn't just look at Dayton and go that's a good player because yeah. you can't do that but you need to marry the process together and I think that that's why people need to understand that Dayton is important it isn't the be all and end all but it is important as part of it. and if you're spending £50 million pounds, and I imagine it doesn't seem a lot in football but you need to have every last bit of data and, and information on this player you need to know about the personality how they interact with the, the club the friends the family but you also need to see the data of what they do on the pitch because there's only so much a scout can tell you they might go to the wrong game they might go to a game where they play great that's happened before managers have signed people wrongly because they've, they've sent scouts there and they give them a wrong report on a different player I'm sure Real Madrid did with Thomas Gravison but you know that's about <laughs> the guy isn't it is, you just touched on it there because my grandfather was a scout okay, okay. Um, and he was a scout for unfortunately it was Liverpool but um, he was a blue but he was best mates with Steve Highway oh, he used to work with Steve, Steve he used to work with yeah. great guy Steve really nice guy whenever he used to go down there with my Everton shirt on by the way at Melbourne it always went down well with people like him but it's interesting he used to go to a lot of games that was very much like, we're talking about 20 years ago yeah. and very much also but what he always used to look for is what you just touched on there is like the personality of the player you don't see that in day to day no it's impossible and that's no, why in, especially in fussy now with the amount of money that's so important, isn't it? You know, you see these millennial footballers and all that. It's games. culture, yeah. You know, they, they, they have to get every... If you, the Dortmund documentary that they did recently, I don't know if any of you have seen it. It's, it's fantastic. They look at that sort of thing. They're talking about the players and how they fit into the culture, what the personality's like, whether it fits in with the team's personality. Sometimes they sign players solely because they're a leader, maybe, and they add that, that element to the missing, you know, or a joker that you need in the dressing room. And so that's that's things that teams are considering now. It's 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 very... It's much more... that now. So maybe to the average fan, it's just he's a good player. That's signing. It's not really like that. Everything has to fit. They have to fit the the managers. What the manager wants they have to fit. What his partner in the field wants. So you can't just like for example, me and Keane. We uh, we said before the season, they, that's a difficult fit, and that is a difficult fit. That Michael Keane is better with someone who's pacey. So when you, if you assign two centre backs, you go this defender. He's great stopper, but he needs this player next to him. So you'd sign someone next to him who, who provides what he doesn't. You wouldn't sign two with the same player. Very interesting. So, where do you see you going now, Andy? So, you've obviously, like, in the last sort of since February, got to this stage. Now, you're working with Swans, you Well, look, well, 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 Smart Insights is a company. We're hoping to obviously have more clients. Uh, we spoke to a, different, a few different ones. I can't really name, but we're hoping to have more clients. Obviously, you know, go. We are, we are doing it essentially full time at the moment, but we want to go proper full time. We get we get a decent amount of money from Swansea, but. We need obviously to do full time. You'd need more, but hopefully that continues. I'm still working with the agency. Um, trying to find players got a big January coming up we're starting to line players up for that so I, I don't to be honest with you, I, I, it, it's been so bizarre not bizarre I, I, it's surreal mm. I'd say at this, up to this point that I don't really have any ambition really I, I want to obviously continue. I'd, I'd love to make football my full time gig forever but I'm just taking it as it comes now but I, I, you know, I can't say I want to work for a particular club maybe I don't know it, it, it all depends you know obviously if Everton came corner I probably couldn't turn it down but it depends what it was, because I couldn't be just a cog in the system. I'm, I'm someone who has a strong belief, so maybe that wouldn't really be a fit for me at Everton, because I'm so passionate about it. It probably would be an Ill, Ill fit working, but obviously working for me, boy, dream, you know, club would be the dream. But the, 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 even if it's just doing what I'm doing now, as long as it's full time football, I'll be very happy. That's fantastic. It's amazing how you've gone from that, though, isn't it? Don't you think, guys? Like, it's incredible. Like, yeah. What's like, you know, something you're really passionate about, like almost like a hobby for yourself. Yeah, it is, and yeah. You turned it into something that you that, can actually that's make money That's what Paul, the agent, said to me. He said that you, basically you're going to turn something you do already and monetize it, which is what, yeah, that, that exactly what I did. And it gives me the opportunity because I've monetized it to do this. And obviously, it's also giving me, without 
Twitter, and you know, I've, I've got I've, Twitter's not the best anymore. But without Twitter, you know, I wouldn't be on the show with you guys. I wouldn't be on Toffee TV. So it opened the doors for me. Twitter, you know, every, anyone who wants to do it, you can't limit yourself. To, obviously, people say you have to be a professional footballer, but if you've got if you've got an eye for a player and you've got an interest in, just try it out. Write blogs, go and make your own Twitter. Put players out there. You may be wrong. You may be right. No one's ever in the history of football been hundred percent right. So Alex Ferguson signed bad players. Monchi's had bad times. Everyone's had bad times. So it's the rough with the smooth. You, you just gotta, you know, just try, just try things. It's that's what's what, what I'm saying from what you said there, Andy, is that um, the the University podcast has helped launch your career. So anybody wants to wants to make a career in football, come on the show. You know, we, we, you can pay us a small fee, and we will have you on. No, I've really enjoyed. I've really enjoyed this podcast. So this is probably you know the only eleven podcast to listen to, and I think that you did give me a platform. I think. I think. I think. I think. I think. What it's all about. I think we we have discussions don't we off off air as well. I think we find sort of Everton fan media it's, it's all there to support each other and it's it is and it's it's great to see someone who you've you've been in communication with over the last say six months since we started really hasn't it mm-hmm. sort of get on the, your your passions football you're very good at what you do what you like you know the the figures that you produce and, and there's, there's a serious interest there now so it's great from our side as well to see someone who, who is a, a, a big part of our well, that, show that's it. it's about understanding the game isn't yeah. it you know. That's what I like as well. I think I'm not, I'm not saying that it's just me because there's other people, but I think Everton, as a, as a, as fans, it's become more analytical. We do look about. There's more people doing it. You know, the channels have changed. They have more analytical people. And Matt Chiefen, the stats guy from Sky, goes on Blue Room, for example. There's more of an interest for that side. There's more tactical. There's tactical. Everyone's doing tactical shows now. I like that because it offers different things. And you know, this is a bit of a mad way to go out. But when the Athletic started. Mm. Admit, I when they renounced all rights, I don't think uh, Paddy and Greg have done a great job so far. But I was worried that there wasn't any diversity. I actually emailed Ed Mail on who's the, the, the editor and said, There's not enough diversity in your articles, you go into your newspaper and, and and people have said the same about the athletic. I think there's now an appetite in football for different aspects of the, of reporting. There's the match report and those stories about interest pieces about players, but people want to know about tactics, people want to know about scat players in South America and they get excited about and that's part of a football manager, you know. Football manager, people laugh at it and stuff like that. But that's what people's interest starts. Yeah. I love football managers as a kid. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it sort of progresses from there. And I think it's been great for that yourselves, Toffee TV, have given me the platform to sort of get other fans interested in different things. I think, I think what it does is for for your generic fan, it almost gives gives fans answers to things. So it's not just a simple case of oh, Everton will poor today lost the game 2-0 well, well why did we lose the game we, mm. we can look at it now deeper with obviously the likes of yourself coming out and producing various bits and pieces of, uh, of figures for people and that's 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 football that's the evolution now of modern football isn't it it's part of modern football of course it is Sky, BBC they, they're embracing it fan media embracing it and it's, it's definitely well, it's definitely a real first trip isn't it yeah. think about when we I, I remember even watching you'd be so you remember like on teletext like rumours and stuff like that remember that you wouldn't know players, don't you? So you could be linked with a player and you'd have no idea who they yeah. Now mm. that's, you know, why scouts, unfortunately, I think this is this is probably a sad part of, you know, in terms of scouting. They've changed it, you have to pay yearly now, so it could be a thousand pound up front for people. Whereas I, when I started, was just paying, you know, you can pay 10, 20, 50 pound a month. So it's become expensive, really. And I think 
I think that that's sort of going to upset the the the, you know, the the fans the scout the fan scouts really. And Twitter's great. There's so many great analysts on Twitter who do data, mm-hmm. tactical. It's great. I think it's been really great part of like the evolution of football. And I hope it continues. I mean, what what we'll do is when when obviously the the podcast is is going to go out, we'll tag everyone from the obviously the company you work for into the uh, into the tweets. Everyone who's listening, give, give them a follow. You know, like Andy said, they full of full of great information. The company's you know starting to do well. And it, I think it's something which which a lot of people, like you said before, Leo really embracing and, and a really important part of the of the modern game. Yeah, it's good to be so, great, and thank you for having me on. Well, Andy, once again, mate, thanks thanks for for coming down and giving us giving us your time. It's I'm sure I've I've learned a lot there. Yeah, in, in yeah, a short space of time, it's something that I'll probably tap into a little bit more. Uh, but say thanks for coming down. We hope everyone enjoyed listening. Um, and well, I would say as well, sorry, it's just that everyone should you know give the, this this podcast five stars. They should give a good reviews. No, I'm serious. Spot, spot on, no, I think I'm serious. I'm serious. You put out good content, and I think that it, 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 people need to support it by doing that. And those ratings help. It brings more people. And I think that is important as you use podcast because as much as I like to get likes and retweets on Twitter for my articles, I think it's important that people review give you good reviews as well. And that is which podcast, Mike? Well, we've got two, haven't we? We've got the Unity Podcast, and we've got the Trinity B-side, which Pete absolutely loves the name of that, but we won't go into that on this show. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like like Andy said, we do appreciate feedback, obviously good reviews, bad reviews, you know, let us know. But If they're fair. If, yeah, you know, be, be constructive, but we appreciate what Andy says. We enjoy doing it. Thanks for listening. We'll be back once again, episode three, in a few weeks' time with another important subject from the world of football. So we'll catch you then. <laughs>